good song, dude. Good song to uh, get things rolling, to talk a little NFL as we welcome in Ken Trahan from CrescentCitySports.com. Ken, you're on uh, Sports 1440 with Kevin Carius. Good morning. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Ken, what do you make of this uh, game tonight? Saints 7-7, seven and seven, L.A. Rams 7-7. Seven, seven. Massive uh, playoff implications uh, on both sides. Uh, do you think it's uh, going to be a, a close, close contest tonight? I would expect it to be. I mean, every advantage lies with the Rams. Uh, they played at home this past Sunday. Uh, the Saints played at home this past Sunday. Saints have to travel west, a long trip yesterday to get there on a short week. And clearly, uh, this this advantage favors the Rams in that regard. Uh, these are two teams that right now they're playing pretty well. Rams have looked good for about a month now. Saints played it well the last two weeks. Uh, both of them have searched for that identity. And, of course, the Rams have found that with Kyron Williams running the football extremely well, nearly 1,000 yards. And then Puka Nikoa has had a really good year, and Cooper Cup got healthy. So now all of a sudden their passing game looks very good, even though Stafford's only completed 61% of his passes. The Saints have played well. Last two weeks, you know, their defense has only given up one touchdown in the last 11 quarters. So they've been very good. They've had 11 sacks in their last two games. Offensively, they've been efficient. They've been good the last couple of weeks. And Derek Carr, who's been maligned uh, much of the year for the money he's making more than anything else, has played well most recently. And obviously, if that trend continues, this figures to be a really good football game. But as you guys probably know, Thursday night games typically don't turn out to be very well played because – it's tough. I mean, these guys have very short weeks. Uh, their bodies haven't healed. There's little preparation time. So maybe, just maybe, this will be an exception to that rule. Uh, Ken, do you, uh, is it 100% Chris Olavi's back uh, with the Saints tonight? Yeah, he's playing tonight. So he's back in the lineup. That's good. They're starting right tackle. Ryan Ramchek is still out, uh, which doesn't help. Landon Young started last week and actually did a solid job. Uh, so that's helpful uh, for them. Uh, other than that, you know, they've got Lonnie Johnson, a backup safety that's out. Uh, but they're healthy enough, all things considered, at this stage. You know, the strength of their football team has been their cornerback position, even without their shutdown corner, Marshawn Lattimore, who's been hurt. They've got good corners, and they've done a really good job, which allows them to play man coverage and, and get after the passer a little bit more blitzing of late, which is one of the reasons they've had the sacks. Uh, one of those, yeah, yeah, one of those corners, Paulson uh, Adebo. Adebo. Yeah, Adebo. What, what have you made of his play uh, this year? Paulson's played very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, he's a third-year guy. First year, he made a real splash. Last year, kind of backed off a little bit. Injuries beset him a slightly, but he's played extremely well this year. And they're very pleased with him. He's their number one corner right now with Lattimore out. And Alante Taylor, a second-year player, is really good as the second corner. And then a, a first-year guy, Isaac Yadam, has played very well mm-hmm. as the third corner. So, but Adebo has been good. Uh, they're very happy. Uh, with their cornerback position. In fact, if you listen to the Rams' comments this week, that's one of the things that you've heard from L.A. is that the Saints have good cover corners, and they're going to need that against this receiving core. Ken Tran, CrescentCitySports.com is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, what have you made, again, the usage of Alvin Kamara? Every year we see it uh, when he's healthy, but uh, once again, he's getting the ball many, many times, uh, uh, whether it be uh, handing it off or, you know, just dump off passes. Uh, just to comment on the usage of Alvin Kamara. Well, again, he's he's a guy that's just been a you know a, an outstanding player for this franchise since he was drafted in 2017, and He's still very good. He's not, I think he's maybe a slight half a step slower than he's been. You know, he had the suspension to start the year this year, which kind of set not only him back, but it set the Saints back a little bit. 
But you look at his productivity, he's right around four yards per carry, which is what he was last year. He scored five touchdowns running the football. And, of course, as you mentioned, receiving, he's very prominent. He's been targeted 78 times. He's got 68 passes and has a touchdown in that regard. He's been productive. He's been good, but not great. And that kind of summarizes their entire offense. You know, Olave's been good, but not great. Uh, Taysom Hill is obviously a wild card. He's a good player that they use in a lot of ways. And, you know, at times they get some other productivity. But the wild card is Jimmy Graham, the 37-year-old. He's caught a touchdown pass in their last three games, and he's become a real weapon in the red zone, which is something that fans were clamoring for earlier in the season. Well, they're getting it now, and and they're using it more in that regard. Ken, was that uh, Derek Carr's best game last week uh, against the Giants? Yeah, I think it was, all things considered. Look, I mean, they were playing without, you know, they don't have Michael Thomas. They were without Chris Olave. I mean, they, you know, they really don't have some prime guys out there. And they were without their starting right tackle. And all those things considered, I mean, he he was not only efficient, completing about 80% of his passes, but he even had a drop for one that would have gone uh, for sizable yardage. Made no mistakes, made the right decisions, was on point, was on target. And this was as comfortable as we've seen him. And I think people were expecting this pretty much at the start of the season. There is an adjustment period. You have to learn teammates. There was miscommunication. It was well documented publicly. But now it seems like they're they're more or less on the same page. And ironically, last week it comes with a guy named Pete Kirkwood scoring a touchdown for the first time in what, five, six years. And Jimmy Graham, a 37-year-old, scoring a touchdown on a touchdown pass. So not the guys you would expect to be those those bell cows and that would be on the receiving end. But I think that's an indication that he's, he's finding the right guy and going to the right places at the right time. And that needs to continue. Ken Drayon, our guest on sports 1440. So do you think again, with Olavi being out, uh, was, was Carr looking more over the middle, a uh, little inside stuff with the tight ends, a little more than usual. Well, what's interesting is last year, Jawan Johnson had seven touchdown catches. He was a breakout player and everyone was anticipating he'd be a star this year. He had an unbelievable training camp. And then he got hurt. And he missed games, and by the time he came back, uh, his productivity just wasn't there at all. And it's been a disappointing year for a guy that burst on the scene and looked like he was going to be an absolute star last year. But he caught a touchdown pass last week on a seam route, and it was exactly what everybody's been expecting. And he's he's a guy that can absolutely make a difference the rest of the way. Derek Carr is always like tight ends. I mean, just go back to the Raiders and look at Darren Waller and what he did with him. And, of course, he actually got Foster Morrow to come here to the Saints. It was a large reason that Morrow's now a Saint is because Carr wanted him and they were teammates with the Raiders. So tight end position is important. That's middle of the field. You know, their other middle of the field receiver was Michael Thomas. And, of course, he's hurt. So the other guys, Olave's not big. Rashid Shaheed's one of the fastest guys in the NFL, but he's smaller. So realistically, the the middle of the field guys are the tight ends, except for the shallow crosses from Kamara or others that they run. So, yeah, they need that productivity from the tight ends because the middle of the field is is obviously a place you need to go, especially against Tampa 2 coverage. Last week they got a lot of single high safety coverage from the Giants, which I think benefited the Saints. And more blocking for little dump passes uh, to Kamara as well, as we're speaking with Ken Trey on Crescent City Sports. Uh, Aaron Donald is uh, still Aaron Donald. Uh, What's the game plan to, to stop Donald or limit him tonight? Well, I think you have to double him, you know, any chance you get, like most people do. I just think you have to account for the other team's best player. They say this in basketball all the time. You know, you say don't let the best player beat you. In, in baseball, 
you don't pitch to the best hitter if the game's on the line or if there's somebody on base. So I think it's the same element here. You know, you don't let their best player beat you. You've got to either ship him or double him at every opportunity. I think it's imperative because he can wreck a game. He's that good. He sustained it. You know, what's so impressive about Donald, aside from his consistency, is his motor. The guy plays so hard all the time. I'm just, I'm an admirer mm-hmm. of his game. I'm an admirer of what he's been able to accomplish in the league. And, yep, I mean, he's had, he has to be exhibit A. I mean, you've got to get him blocked. Look, the Rams are not all that good on defense, and their their secondary hasn't played all that well. So if you give Derek Carson time, I think he can absolutely do some damage. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if this game goes over, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of scoring. I'm hoping so, too. I think it'll be a high-scoring game uh, as we're speaking with uh, Ken Tran, CrescentCitySports.com. And for good reason, I guess, Ken, you probably would agree that uh, just because of the records, the NFC South, uh, you know, kind of gets ridiculed around the league. Bucks are seven and seven. The Saints are seven and seven. Falcons six and eight. This, do you think this just comes straight down to the wire? I mean, uh, next week you can't look ahead, obviously, but next week the Saints have uh, the Bucks and then the Falcons is going to come right down to the wire. You think? Well, it should. I mean, let's let's be honest. None of these teams are good. I mean, they're <laughs> they're average. You know, if you want to go there that's fine and i can certainly concur with that you make the argument right now that tampa bay is the best team in the division they beat the saints in new orleans they beat the falcons in atlanta and they handled green bay easily on the road last week and baker mayfield's played best of any quarterback in the division Mm -hmm. and they've got the saints at home next week so tonight what's interesting about the game tonight for the saints is that they can actually lose this game and they can still be fine because the games they have to win are the next two weeks at tampa and at home against atlanta You've got to beat the divisional opponents that you're battling with because Atlanta's a game behind you and Tampa's tied with you. And right now, Tampa has the tie break. So you got to beat them and you've got to beat Atlanta. Now, you can take care of business by winning all three. But as mentioned earlier, definitely all the advantages shift to the Rams tonight given mm-hmm. the circumstances of the short week. But look, I expect this to be a good game. This division's not very good. Somebody's going to win it and somebody's going to get a home game yeah. in the final analysis. Now, can Tampa Bay win out? And go ten and seven, or can the Saints win out and go ten and seven? If that happens, now you've got a legitimate playoff team, a legitimate team that can absolutely go out there and compete with, you know, another good football team, a wild card team that's a very good team from say the NFC East, for instance. So, yeah, I think that when you look at this division, the records don't lie. Uh, it's an it's a bunch of average to mediocre teams that have yet to break out. That could happen uh, in the final three weeks of the season, but uh, we haven't seen it to this point. Uh, what do you make of the playoff chase, uh, I guess, just around, and you did touch on probably, you know, it could be Philadelphia that, that sits in, the, mm-hmm. in in that hole there, but what do you make of the, the race going down the stretch here? Well, I mean, look, the NFC is, to me, it's pretty clear at this point that it's San Francisco and everybody else. I mean, the 49ers have taken apart the best teams they've played. And they've got the Ravens coming up in a possible Super Bowl preview this week. I mean, they don't have a perceivable weakness. Uh, They do everything well. Uh, They they are very creative, obviously, with Shanahan. And I think they're all that. So then it becomes a matter of, all right, who's next? Mm -hmm. Well, Dallas, when they play at home, they look like that team. They're They're unreal at home. They're unbeatable. But on the road, they're not only mortal, they're very beatable. And right now, they're battling to try to win that division, and that would make all the difference for Dallas if they could be a home team other than an NFC Championship game against San Francisco. With Philadelphia, I think the schedule caught up with them. Number one, Jalen Hurts hasn't played as well this year as he played last year. Number two, their schedule was a first-place schedule, and it turned out to be a really tough schedule. 
and I think it's caught up with them a bit. They're still a good football team, but can they recover you know, from this little bit of a slump that they've incurred most recently? And then there's the Detroit Lions. You know, It's been a really good story this year, and Dan Campbell was associate head coach of the New Orleans Saints under Sean Payton, and, and he whipped Payton last week and uh, beating Denver. But mm-hmm. he's a really good coach. He's fiery. He's energetic. His team feeds off of that. They're really good on offense. I think they're average on defense, but they're a good story. Is there anybody else other than that that you would take seriously? I mean, not at this point. So I would say it's amongst those teams. That's why if you see Tampa Bay or New Orleans win, either one of them win its last three games, then maybe you look at that team as a possible spoiler down the road. But right now I think it's San Francisco and the others. What do you make of Detroit, uh, that game in, uh, what was it, week 13? It was a pretty close game, 33-28. Uh, yeah. that uh, the Lions beat Tampa. So what, what do you make of Detroit? And again, you know Campbell from his days uh, in, in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, when the, the Lions played here against the Saints, they jumped out to a 21 nothing lead You know, before the midway point of the first quarter. Saints made all kinds of mistakes, and then the Saints really outplayed them the rest of the way and, and came back and, and, and actually threatened to win the game, but did not. Uh, you can't dig yourself that type of a hole and expect to have a chance to win. But Detroit's a good football team. Look, I... I'm happy for Dan Campbell. He's a good guy. He's a good coach. He's a good man. He's got some former Saints coaches with him uh, from Sean Payton's staff with him in Denver, in Detroit, I should say, and been impressed with what they've done. I think they're they're close. We saw that at the end of last season. You can see them coming on. They narrowly missed the playoffs, but they look good, and they've got a really good rookie tight end in Laporta. they got two really good running backs in Montgomery, and, of course, mm-hmm. Uh, the draft pick from Alabama gives. He's played extremely well. So uh, they're a good-looking football team, you know. Um, you know I, I just like what they do offensively. I just think they're average on defense. So, you know, I think in the playoffs you got to play championship defense. I'm not sure they're that as of yet. I think San Francisco is that. Dallas, when they play at home, they're that. Uh, other than that, you know, don't see it. You know, and then the AFC, I mean, Baltimore is obviously right now the top team, but I'd give at least five teams a chance in the AFC. I think that's a little bit more – competitive from my perspective well tons of uh, playoff implications on tonight's game uh, ken thanks uh, so much for taking the time uh, merry christmas happy holidays to you and yours uh, and a prosperous 2024 thanks for uh, coming on sports for sports 1440 well, i really appreciate you guys for having me look forward to it again merry christmas happy new year to you guys as well all right thank you very much that's a uh, ken tran crescentcitysports.com as the seven and seven tampa bay uh, sorry, New Orleans Saints uh, take on the L.A. Rams. Tampa Bay also sitting at that uh, mark, I guess you could say. So 7-7 seven and seven Bucks, 7-7 seven and seven Saints. But tonight it's the Saints and Rams. Uh, should be a good one for Thursday night football. He says it's going to be over, so maybe lots of points, Duke. We uh, we touched on that uh, right off the top of the show. We're, we're kind of on the same track, which yeah. usually but, means that it'll probably go the complete opposite and be like a, a 9-7 game or something like we saw in Carolina and Atlanta last weekend. But hopefully not. I'm, I'm hoping for a... For a bit of a shootout tonight. And, you know, I, again, he says, okay, after after you play Sunday and short week, you got a cross-country flight. I I don't know why teams don't go, you know, let's go Tuesday. As soon as, yeah, you leave know, early. We, we, we've seen teams yeah. do that, and um, I think it's more common if, let's just say, the Saints were in Denver or even somewhere a little bit more in the Midwest uh, somewhere last week. They don't go home. They just head straight out west mm-hmm. or stay out west. They were at home last weekend, so they don't really have that opportunity. But but I do think I agree with you that basically as soon as you can, because whether it's traveling across the pond to a London game or just e- even a three-hour difference from uh, from ET to PT in terms of time zones, 
every day can make a difference, right? So getting out there and yeah, it's the holiday season. I'm sure the guys want to be around home as much as possible, Mm -hmm. but uh, the benefit for them is it is a Thursday night game. So they don't have to play on Sunday or Monday when it is a Christmas Eve and Christmas day. So I I think there definitely would have been benefit to getting out there early. Um, That time change is killer uh, heading West for these East teams. It's uh, records show us that they do not usually fare very well Mm -hmm. on especially on a short week. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm on the Rams tonight to, and on the over mostly just because I, I got a root for Matt Stafford for my fantasy <laughs> matchup but but I think the Rams are just trending a little bit more in the right direction right now. You know, maybe some of these teams they just can't afford that extra night at the hotels at the Super Eight. That these oh yeah, guys stay I'm in, sure know? I'm sure these NFL teams are very hard <laughs> up uh, for money. the o- The only one I could see in that situation is uh, is maybe the Raiders. We all know uh, Mark Davis, not Tight. the uh, not the wealthiest uh, of owners among the te- among the uh, NFL, but well, um, I think he's wealthy. I just don't think he likes spending the money. How's that sound? Well, it, it, it's all relative, right? Yeah. Uh, compared to the average Joe, yes, he obviously has a, has a ton of money. But compared to the other owners, he's he's actually not. There's a lot of speculation mm-hmm. that uh, once his mother does pass away, he will not be able to afford the um, inheritance tax on the Raiders and, and likely have to sell the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, And also, it doesn't help when you're paying three different head coaches all at once. Uh, of course, John Gruden's still on payroll. Josh McDaniels fired this season. And now yes. Antonio Pierce is the interim uh, tag Mm-hmm. With uh, with the Raiders, but uh, digressing back to it, yeah, I, I don't think the financial situation of an extra night or two on the road is uh, is their primary concern. When we come back, it's time for the Snow Valley Ski Report. Plus, uh, we'll go in or out, and we're just getting that connection ready for Ladislav Schmid in Czech. Czech, yeah, man, he's going to be just rolling because it's supper time there. Probably just getting ready for his third sampling of the dessert plate before the meal. And we'll uh, check in with Laddie. Uh, Also, Luke Pierce, Edmonton Oil Kings uh, head coach, coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. Still tons to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. See, after yesterday, Duke, I thought this was going to be, I thought this was Beverly Mahood. But you say it's Carrie Underwood. I guess that's okay, too. Yeah, she's she's all right. right. Waiting all day for Sunday night. Boy, that's a popular... And you know what? Uh, Faith Hill did that before, correct? Yes. yes. Just as good. Mm, yeah, agreed. Um, Carrie Underwood does a great job. And uh, still waiting for the Beverly Mahood Christmas song, but we'll see what happens. I- I've got a whole queue tomorrow, Kevin. We're going <laughs> to run We're gonna run strictly Christmas tunes tomorrow for uh, Playlist Friday. Okay, so we've got Brian Adams probably coming in the 740 break. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, kind of a couple of... but. Over the course of the last two weeks, the ones we've mixed in, the ones that I think you've liked, and some of my favorites, and uh, if uh, and some of the requested ones as well. So, any of our listeners' favorite Christmas song that you want to mm-hmm. hear tomorrow, shoot us a text uh, today, tomorrow. I'll get it jotted down. You can yes. tweet, tweet at me either way. We'll uh, we'll get it in the mix and uh, send everybody into a merry On the merry 22nd. weekend. And then you guys got the Christmas party, you and Connor. Oh, it's gonna be huge. <laughs> Well, I got the uh, shrimp yesterday from uh It was all Baba gone Gumps. by the time me and Connor got it down to the It was the most line. popular thing on the on the buffet right line. Right there with my buns that At I the brought. Stingray 1440 uh, Pot buffet, luck. potluck Leftovers supper. today, second helpings. Was there? Oh, yeah. There was, so, there was still so much food. I didn't see any. Where? It's, it was all in the fridge. It'll be laid out here uh, at lunchtime. Really? Oh. I might have to go for a quick <laughs> little snack here. <laughs> ah, all right. So, uh, time now for the uh, Snow Valley Ski Report. Here's the Duke. This is the 
Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Thursday, December 21st, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. We're entering the Christmas season, so the slopes might be getting busy given the limited amount of terrain open right now. So arrive early and get some runs in before the crowds roll in. Marmot Basin should be softening up today with four centimeters overnight and a few more runs open on the lower mountain. Upper mountain runs, however, are still closed. Down in Banff, no new snow overnight with the exception of Lake Louise, which received a pair of centimeters. Louise, Sunshine, and Norquay with all lifts operating and Nikiska also at full operation. Down in Castle Mountain, warm weather has forced the closure of the upper mountain and three of five lifts will be running today. Heading west, Fernie, Kimberly, Panorama, and Kicking Horse all open but with no new snow overnight. One bright spot in BC is Revelstoke, where they received 17 centimeters in the last two days. And if you look deeper into the interior of BC, Whitewater near Nelson is struggling for snow like everywhere so far this season with just three of five lifts open, but they did get nine fresh centimeters overnight. Red Mountain in Rossland is still not yet open for the season. Locally, all hills open and operating starting in on extended holiday hours this weekend. And if you're really seeking out the powder over the weekend, head north into BC to Powder King, where they've received an additional 20 centimeters of fresh snow in the last two days to go on top of a 120 centimeter base. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. All right. Thank you very much, Duke. Uh, just got a little parcel dropped off from Reed Clark, uh, of the, formerly of the Stingers, now with, still with Freshnet. So we had Reed in studio and he dropped off a little care package for and a card. It says, Merry Christmas, Kevin and Duke and Laddie, even. Look at that. Thank Thanks. you very much, Reed. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. Merry yeah. Christmas to you I and yours as well. Haven't looked in the in the uh, bag yet, but really appreciate it. Thank you very much. On the note of, uh, of Christmas uh, gifts and tokens uh, here within the studio, uh, our fearless leader, Jackie Ray, uh, at the potluck yesterday, dropping off uh, for us each a <laughs> nice bottle Schnapps. of uh, some mint liqueur. So, and I, I warned JR, I said, you might want to keep this out of Kevin's reach uh, until maybe Friday at least because, uh, I mean, we're in here nice and early. We got coffee going. I think that would uh, pair quite nicely. Well, never mind. You always say you have to, you do three creams in your coffee, right? Oh, no, not usually. Not usually? Not usually. Usually I'm just one and one. Okay. Uh, cream and sugar. But the um, the coffee here out of the machine, it's just, it's a little uh, sharp for my taste. So or a little extra cream in it. As uh, Sparky Kolchinsky would say, it's a little <laughs> Shawshank Redemption-ish. <laughs> when he was in studio, that's what we get, you poured him a coffee. It's and he goes, funny because <laughs> this it's like a machine. And the cap, like the, the French vanillas, the, the cappuccinos, the mochas, yeah. whatever, they are absolutely delectable. But the straight coffee, it's a it's a bit more of an acquired taste, and so I yeah a little you extra gotta cream. You got to kind of strain it through your teeth. Little I extra guess. cream in in those ones for me. Uh, tough one. Uh, all right, it's time now for are you in or are you out? We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. Two-man game today of in or out, Kevin. Just you and I. Uh, We'll start with the Edmonton Oilers who are back in action tonight at The Rock. In Jersey, a handful of games left before New Year's Eve. A couple games below 500. Even with the Oilers' current skid, I'm still saying they will be above 
500 when the ball drops on New Year's Eve? Oh, so that means they would have to go four and one. They currently sit at a record of 13, uh, you, 15, th- and one. Right, so four and one puts them above 500. Puts them above 500. So I'm, I'm out on this. That means they're, I mean, just the way it's worded again, uh, above 500, that means they'd have to go four and one, meaning they have to win one of these games here for sure and then run the table on the West Coast or win both here and win two of three when they go to San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim for New Year's. Which, in theory, a pair of those games, Sharks and Ducks, should certainly be chalked up as uh, as wins as those two teams' uh, basement dwellers in the NHL. What happened to one of our co-workers the last time they were in San Jose? Yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> exactly. Yes, so, yesterday, uh, Gregor waiting to come in for the start of his show and uh, low tide leaving, and uh, Gregor did not have his hat on, and uh, low tide. What did he say? <laughs> Al's like, Gregor, you're looking great. Gregor gives him a, a very kind um, yeah, false, bleep yeah. you. Yeah, um, yeah. so I'm going to say no, they are will not be back above 500 when the ball drops on New Year's Eve because that means they would have had to win four out of five games for that to happen. Uh, I, I'm in. I'm in on this. I okay. think the uh, the West Coast will be a sweep. The Kings, obviously, a very good team. Uh, I assume still right up there, if not at the very top of your personal power rankings, mm-hmm. Kevin. But uh, this is a team that the Oilers have had some great battles with. They know them well, even with a little bit of a new look they have uh, after their big trade in the off season. So I think they get a big win down in SoCal, uh, and then probably win one of two here uh, between the Devils and okay. Rangers. So you're saying the sweep uh, when they go on the road after Christmas and get a split here. In the next two nights. That is uh, that is correct. Fair enough. Number two, the NHL uh, should return to a COVID-styled schedule that resembles the MLB season where we have mini series in action. We've seen the NBA adopt a hybrid version of this. And we already know that when teams like teams like the others go out west, or pardon me, out east they and west, they tend to play in spots. Uh, they're obviously in the tri-state area for a couple and then in California. But I think it should be uh, expanded a little bit if you're down... In Anaheim, play a pair of games, maybe back-to-back, maybe 203, and, and then move on through the rest of the pro, uh, state as well. I'm out on this. I just, I, I don't like, uh, and again, you would never see it out east because you're only playing those teams once. Once. Right? So you would never see it there. For for the NHL to jumble things up, and, and again, the proximity of most of the teams out west I mean, yes, you could go and play Vancouver twice. The Oilers have done that. The mm-hmm. Oilers have played back-to-back in Vancouver on a Friday and Sunday. Um, Seattle would be another option. But now with Seattle and Vancouver, that's close together. You're going to hit those teams a lot of times at the same. So I am out on this. What about you, Duke? I, I'm on the fence because uh, there was a lot more conversation about it coming out of the COVID uh, seasons where players said they didn't mind it, uh, obviously. you It kind of creates a little bit extra heat when you're playing the same team a couple times mm-hmm. in a row, um, whether it be from a, a hit you didn't like or uh, some extra celebration, whatever, just a little extra bad blood. And it is still easier on the teams because uh, let's just say you play the Sharks, uh, Kings, and Ducks in uh, like a week and a half, mm-hmm. but you get you don't have to go back again, right? Um, yes, and it's an extended road trip that way, but once again, you're at home for longer stretches of time, I think. So uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm a bit of a fence sitter on this one, but I will uh, I will say in. If, okay. if, if, if Why not even just give it a try Fair. Uh, in, in a regular format rather than the COVID situation we saw it previously? Uh, moving over to the NBA. Three teams 
currently with a win percentage below 200, including the absolutely abysmal Detroit Pistons, just a pair of wins on the season. There's three more with a win percentage below 300. Uh, I'm saying the NBA has the worst parity of all big four North American sports leagues right now. I am so in on this, it's not even funny. I mean, even we're still talking about just the other day when DJ Smith gets fired in Ottawa, we're still talking about the possibility of the Ottawa Senators making the playoffs. Slim possibility. But in the NBA, there's no chance for a lot of these teams to even have a sniff at making the playoffs. I And the teams are just so horror-awful, no one even watches them. No one cares about the Pistons. No one cares about the Wizards. And those are just teams, you know, and everyone knows exactly who's going to win on many given nights, and they know who's going to go on an extended playoff run. They know who's going to be in the final. It's almost just set. There's such an upper echelon and then a lower echelon. It's this. I am so 100% in on this. It's a great question or great great point. I'm in. Yeah, it's it just drew my attention. I mean, the Pistons have lost 24 in a row. Oh. Um, like, like their only sniff of getting a win is going to be when they go up against one of these other equally bad teams. They do not have a chance to beat a team in the middle or top of the standings. Where, like the NFL, any given Sunday. We saw the Cardinals um, with a couple surprise wins. The Panthers, uh, likewise, granted their yeah. wins are against the Texans and Falcons. But still, they're the worst team in the league, and they can, in theory, compete on any given Sunday. NHL, matchups, injuries, all these things matter so much on a night-to-night basis. And in the MLB, it can really come down to just who's taking the bump for you um, and, on an afternoon. But not only that, look, we see the wild card teams again. Yeah. You, all you got to do is get in in a wild card. You win a best of three, you keep moving on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the parity, it's not even remotely close for sure. Number four, we just chatted with uh, Ken from New Orleans about the uh, Thursday night football game. Both teams 7-7 seven and seven coming in. Huge playoff implications. I'm saying the winner of tonight's game will go on to make the playoffs in the NFC. <laughs> Before we get to that, Hammer text in. Uh, it's called in or out Duke, not in or out or on the fence. <laughs> no, laddie, no laddie today. The Hammer's taking aim at me. What a guy. Yeah, Hammer. And he, he's, yeah, laddie, well, Laddie's coming on, Hammer. So if you get something, uh, maybe Laddie's got a game over there or something and Hammer's still doing some scouting. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm in on this. I think just the way the NFC's shaping up. And again, boy, that this is a tough one, to be honest with you. Because you know realistically, what? both yeah. these teams could still miss. Yeah, I'm and there's go, a chance both could get in. I'm going to go, I'm out. I'm going to go, I'm out on this just because I th- think that the way things are tightening up just in the NFC, I'm going to say I'm going to, I'm just going to flip a coin here and I'm going to go, I'm out on yeah. this. I, I'm in. I, I think yeah. the Rams will win. I, I've talked about it quite a bit already this morning. I like the way they're trending uh, between their offense uh Run game, pass game, and they're like uh, Ken said, their defense isn't a stalwart mm-hmm. by any stretch, but anytime you have Aaron Donald, who's likely the best player on the field whenever he is, um, that gives you a fighting chance. So I like the Rams to sneak into the NFC playoff picture. All righty. And last one for us here on this Thursday morning as we steer away from the world of sports. It is December 21st, which is mm-hmm. the winter solstice, shortest day of the year often draws uh, some negative connotations and thoughts uh, with the extended periods of darkness here in our northern regions. But I'm saying it, uh, it should be flipped. Yeah. Uh, this, after this day, the days only get longer. And I think uh, people should take a more positive spin here on our winter solstice day. I am in on this, Duke. It's a positive day because, again, as you say, the days get longer. I think 
You could look at it this the other way and go when it's the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. And our old neighbor, Alex Natrick, used to say this to us in the neighborhood. The days get shorter now. We're going downhill. Today, the days are getting longer, so I think it should be a positive day. And, and hey, it's right near Christmas. Everything should be positive. It, so that's and, what I'm saying. And in, in like history, ancient history, before uh, when, when winter was, like the solstice was the winter celebration before uh, Christmas and things, mm-hmm. um, this was a positive day. It was a huge celebration in ancient Greek and Roman cultures, uh, big festivals, et cetera, around it, which then kind of parlayed into why... Jesus's birth was moved to winter um, to maybe take this time of the season away from the pagans, but that's a whole nother conversation of itself. So uh, surprise, that's not on the uh, inner out. <laughs> what? Where are the Christians wrong for oh moving boy, Jesus's birthday to the dead of winter? You know, now the text will be flying in. <laughs> oh, good ones today, Duke. Yeah, they're always good. Good job. Uh, when we come back, Ladislav Schmidt. I'll give the Duke a little extra time because he's got to have the video. We're going to do the video hookup with Laddie. We're hoping to. Yeah. I sent him the link this morning. Uh, so, he hasn't checked into the uh, the waiting and room. And you said nine forty. I didn't give him a time. I thought oh. he. I thought he knew. You better. Te- I'll text him too. So nine forty. Hopefully, Laddie Smead will uh, join us right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. Welcome back to the big program. Our Thursday kind of follies continues. We're still trying to get Ladislav Schmidis over in Czech Republic. Uh, I'm sorry, Czechia, not Czech Republic anymore, but. Uh, it'd be uh, eight hours ahead or whatever. So, uh, Laddie, uh, the Duke is trying to get Laddie, and so they're working the phones, and uh, Laddie sends a note to my phone and says, Duke has one job to do, and he can't do it. <laughs> so Laddie's giving it to Duke. Uh, the Hammer texts in, obviously just gave it to Duke, uh, saying it's called in or out Duke, not in or out or on the fence. And then uh, Hammer says, Laddie has a face for radio. Hopefully the video line doesn't work. Holy moly. Uh, we were talking about uh, text coming in, one 1440 uh, Playbook Vic wants, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas on 1440. That'll probably be on the playlist uh, tomorrow. Uh uh, a lot of guys were texting in about uh, the SJHL when we were talking about it with Frank. So this comes from Tiger. Uh, he, uh, it says that his son, his son uh, played in the SJHL with Nippon. Well, send us our, our, a name, Tiger. Maybe we'll check him out and, and, and see what's going on there. Uh, Lee says more SJHL talking. He also has a uh, Flin Flon Bombers jersey that he uh, texted in as well. So... Uh, it was a lot of fun playing back in the day there, years and years ago. Uh, we also really cover the AJHL a lot, and the Spruce Grove Saints won the other night, Tuesday, uh, against Black Falls, 4-1. Hopefully the Saints can kind of get on a roll here moving forward. So uh, just one game in the AJHL tonight, uh, Canmore and uh, Drumheller, I guess, so down south. But... Uh, Normally, the, there's a longer break. It seemed that the AJHL would take off. Uh, Calgary, there's one game on Friday, and then it's a week break. So uh, we get things rolling again. Uh, Spruce uh, will be playing later on in the, uh, I think it's December 10th or 11th when they, they get back in action. But uh, Sherwood Park Crusaders uh, will be back in action in Grand Prairie on the 29th. So they will have a good week off. Uh, Sherwood Park just... A phenomenal start to the season. 59 points on the year. Brooks leads the AJHL 
with 66 points. So, uh, and Blackfall's uh, just in third place. And there's a real a, a log jam of teams uh, going on. But uh, Spruce Grove, you know, they've, they've been at the top of the table for so many years along with Brooks. Uh, the Saints trying to inch their way back to uh, 500 with a record of 17, 19, and 2. Uh, the Dukes working on Ladislav Schmid over in uh, Czechia. We mentioned we will have Luke Pierce from the Edmonton Oil Kings as we go. In the community for United Sport and Cycle, that's coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. The Oil Kings are on their Christmas break. They And it's going to be a quicker break, I think, than normally as far as because they've got a long travel um, trip coming up just after Christmas. They, I would imagine they would leave on Boxing Day for Prince George. The Oil Kings will play Prince George, Vancouver, Victoria, Everett, Kamloops, uh, at Kelowna as well. And then they come back and they've got a game in Calgary two days after the Kelowna game. I'm assuming they're just going to hit the Calgary game as well. as they, that's, a, that's an extended road trip with uh, eight games. Sorry, seven games. Uh, and then they've got some home games after that. But those Western road trips for the players, that's their first time really – that they go, you know, you're on a two-week trip technically and you're playing every second day and then some. It's hard. I mean, those guys are on the bus a long time as it is. But when you're going from Prince George uh, on the 27th, then you go zip all the way down to Vancouver and play the Giants two days later, and then they play in Victoria the day after that at a, a you know, it's it's tough on these kids because you're still working on school stuff. You're still working on, uh, man, just developing as a young, young man. But I can tell you, uh, covering a lot of teams in the Western Hockey League over the years, uh, years like a lot of years ago, players enjoyed that trip. They, they enjoyed when the teams from the Prairies would go out west because it was a different uh, situation back then too because you had a lot of other uh, this is just the Canadian division that they're hitting it's a little different back in the day where you where you hit basically the whole western uh, division I guess you could say Uh, text coming in uh, 1-833-401-1440 hey Kevin any comment on the Oilers being one of two teams who do not have any players in the upcoming World Juniors. It's a very good comment. A very good comment uh, from Mark. I think things are cyclical. Sometimes you will have players that are, you know, you might have a, a few more depending on how you draft. Is it a concern? Possibly. But when you don't have anyone, it maybe makes it a little different in how you watch the world juniors as well. You don't have that, that guy that you go, Hey, we drafted this guy. We're going to watch him and things like that. This has a lot to do with what the Oilers and where they've been drafting as well. Trading away picks, uh, you know, things like the Matthias Ekholm, but good point on Mark. Uh, it's maybe a little bit of a cause for concern. Uh, Christmas songs coming in for tomorrow on the playlist. Uh, already Duke Lundy wants uh, Meli Kalikamaka by Bing Crosby tomorrow, uh, or today if you can squeak it in, he says. But he'll tune in tomorrow. Oh, he's not sure if he'll yeah, tune in. Um, some things happening in the world as well, uh, maybe. But we have texted Laddie. Everything is okay with him and his family. We're texting him. There's been some news 
uh, some with uh, things going on in Prague. I think it's a ways away from Laddie, but maybe that has something to do with the connection. Having said that, we've been texting him on the phone, so everything's good with uh, with Laddie. Uh, hmm. If you ask which, uh, I guess, Laddie prefers, he'll likely say Czech Republic. My wife and her family hate the name Czechia, mostly because it sounds like Chechnya. And many mistakenly say it incorrectly. Uh, one's known for atrocities. The other invented <laughs> Pilsner. You're better off saying he's in Czech. So I'll go with Czech. That comes from IMAC. Anything going on with Laddie Duke? Uh, Laddie doesn't have uh, Chrome, the the browser, and oh. so that's why the video call won't work. He's okay. trying to use Safari, which uh, the streaming service we use does not support. And so now we're trying to just get a phone call figured out, but Laddie is uh, concerned about the uh, possible long distance um, <laughs> charges. And so uh, I'm just trying to get some confirmation that our uh, our line, one 1440 is toll-free since it's a 1-800 number. But I can't uh, – basically I said I was like, it shouldn't be. What he, if he and he, said it, he said it yeah. shouldn't be or it isn't. Can it be like the old days where he just calls the line and calls it collect and you just say, I accept the charges? Is there a way to call collect? Oh, back in the day, you would phone the number and the operator would say, you have a collect call from so-and-so. Do you accept the charges? Yeah, I don't think it gives you that offer anymore, does it? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I assume so. So if There's got to be operators out there. If we, if we called there. him, would it be? Because we, we, I, was, I was incorrect. We can't dial out to international numbers. We can take calls. From international numbers, but didn't we uh, have one the other day? Well, yeah, that was the whole when we were trying to get the uh, Australian snowboarder oh, yeah, on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it was a bit of a mess around. He ended up having to call us uh, instead. Hmm. Well, we're working on Laddie Schmid. Well, hopefully we can uh, get him. Maybe we'll get him at the top of the hour. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's how it used to be back in the day. You would phone someone and say, uh, "You have uh, you, you would dial the number and then you'd say collect call from whatever." And then that person, you would answer it and you'd say collect call from, and they would say, "I accept the charges." A lot of times you wouldn't accept the charges because you didn't want to talk to the person. Uh, oh, look at this! Ah, oh, what a great! This is one of my favorite texts so far in four months uh, from. Kevin Winters, who used to be the play-by-play man for the Prince Albert Raiders, and that's kind of what I was talking about with the uh, West Coast Swing. Uh, I was lucky enough to do a documentary with a camera guy when I was working in Prince Albert uh, named Gord Barnett, and we covered the Prince Albert Raiders Western Swing. And on that team, there were some phenomenal players, and Kevin Winters was the play-by-play man. So, you know, we traveled all along. Dave Radar Horning was the trainer, still in Red Deer. Uh, Shane Knighty, if... uh, Kevin Winters remembers was picked up kind of on the road. He was uh, Shane Knight. He was traded to the Raiders. It was oh, Dean McCammon was traded to Swift Current. There was a whole bunch of pieces moving in and out. Shane Knight. He just kind of shows up on the middle of the road, leaves his car somewhere. I can't even remember where the heck we were, but we ended up doing a documentary on the Prince Albert Raiders. We had carte blanche. The, the Raiders had an incredible team of young players. And they did, I think they had a pretty good road trip. I went 2-4-1, and one, but Dennis Peterson was on that team. 
Shane Toporowski, Jared Bednar. How's that? Jared Bednar. And we actually talked about that, uh, Jared Bednar, when we were uh, discussing some things when he passed through with the Colorado Avalanche's head coach. So uh, thanks for that text from Kevin Winters. Uh, wish I had a copy of that too. He says, I wish I had a copy. I got a copy of it a, long, a couple of years ago, but uh, the TV station back in Prince Albert, I think would have it on a, on a, a, a different format. So, uh, Dougie texts in, Kevin, if possible, my favorite Christmas carol for tomorrow, Little Drummer Boy, but it has to be the Bob Seeger version. That comes from old school hockey Doug. Gents, call ladies on WhatsApp, or call laddie, sorry, call laddie on WhatsApp. Is that uh, that's, that's what I'm trying to work on now, oh. just because uh, we don't have it on the computer in-house so i gotta plug my laptop in so oh. we're working on it we're gonna cross our fingers see if laddie's willing to uh, be patient with yeah. me even though he's already cursing my name um <laughs> probably in a foreign language um hopefully we can get it figured out here for the top of the hour plus it's six o'clock there now he's probably just sitting down to those small portion meals that he complains about over here but that that's his uh mother-in-law i believe that has the small portion meals uh no question uh we'll try to hook up with laddie uh one more uh text here imax says andy williams it's the most wonderful time of the year we might we're gonna have uh, extended breaks tomorrow uh speaking of breaks we'll hit the break here maybe give duke a little uh extra time to work on getting ladislav schmied uh duke have you got a, a sports update maybe you just want me to read that I can read the sports update. No, I'm, I'm good to go with, okay. the, with the update. Because I if don't you know need if you have to, a liner for it you, or not. But. Yeah, I, there's no liner on it today, but if uh, if you want me to read it and you can continue working on Laddie. We're, we're good to go. I'm just waiting for a few things to load here so All we right. can rock the roll. Okay, let's do a sports update with uh, the Duke, and then we'll hopefully uh, hook up with Laddie right after the this uh, sports update with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas on Sports 1440.